0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, President of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you're doing well. You got a cold drink next to you because, man, it's hot outside. This is not a show about the weather, though. We talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And, you know, we usually have the show, at least through video, you'll see it uh, on Thursdays. But we're doing it early in the week because myself and other members of our team that a lot of times are the backup or the stand-in for me are going to be traveling with me as well, Mary Elizabeth Castle and Jonathan Covey. So, But we had also a great opportunity to have an amazing and timely guest on, so we seize the moment. So wherever you are, settle in. We've got to have a great conversation today about the Save Women's sports issue and things that relate to what's going on in our state and country on this very important issue. And so, you know, when we have guests on the show we don't want to just have someone that's sort of going to say the same things that that we're saying as far as just sort of a, an echo chamber. We want to bring someone that has some background to the issue, right? They've got a legitimate connection. They have a personal interest or connection to what's going on, and today's guest certainly fits that description. Paula Scanlon is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. She is a collegiate swimmer from the University of Pennsylvania. She is a former teammate of Will Leah Thomas. This is the male athlete that competed in the women's division who uh, Riley Gaines was forced to compete against. We know he's from Texas originally, competed in, uh, here in the at Westlake High School in Central Texas, and really caused a media storm and social media storm last year when he competed in the women's division and won a lot of NCAA championships. But what we haven't heard, really, is women that were also on that team and what they went through. And that's what Paula's gonna talk a little bit about today. So if you're watching on social media, share this. If you're on YouTube, click that little uh, button, that little bell, subscribe, so you can get these updates when we post new videos, which is quite often during the week. So Paula, welcome to the Texas Values Report.
1: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Well, it's great to uh, have you in this conversation, okay? So for the past year or so, Riley Gaines, Riley Gaines, Riley Gaines, right? She's been front and center, and it's been amazing. Before that, there was a woman named Beth Stelzer who was actually at the swimming championships for the NCAA when Will Thomas was competing against women and winning championships. Uh, but she has since not been that involved or been a little bit more private in her involvement. So now here you are, which has been like like a month. I mean, when did you first make? When was your first media appearance on this issue?
1: It came out at the beginning of June, so it's mid-July now, just just about six weeks, maybe a little bit less.
0: It hasn't been that long. And, and, I, and, and you know, sometimes you give people titles. You're reduced to Will Thomas or Leah Thomas's, you know, former teammate. There's a little bit more to the story, but that is a key element. And I want to talk about your experience being forced to be in that environment, compete in that environment. But before we get there, tell us a little bit about your background as a competitive swimmer.
1: Yeah, so I've been swimming competitively since I was eight years old. Um, In high school, I had swim meets every single weekend pretty much in uh, 13 different states I've competed in. I've competed in Canada, believe it or not. I've competed in a US territory, St. Croix, the Virgin Islands. I was captain of my high school swim team where we won my junior and senior year. We won our league championship, which is called the New England uh, uh, High School League. And I'm actually still a record holder in the 400 uh, yard freestyle relay, which has been standing for six plus years now. Um, so that's just some of my background and pretty much all girls that end up swimming at a D1 level have a background like that, if not even more accomplished than that.
0: Yeah, no, listen, I see competitive swimming all around me here in Texas. I've had um, you know members of my family that have been involved in it, nowhere close to the level that you're talking about. And so I can't imagine the type of sacrifice Uh, The consistency you have to have, you know, in the competition, right? It's it's not like baseball or football where there's like these big teams or whatever. I mean, it's a very small uh, group of people, particularly if you get to the Olympics, right? And so, I know it can be very competitive. And you know, Riley's been on the show before. Riley Gaines. She talks about the difference of you know a fraction of a second or you know hundreds of a of a second. You know, people touching the wall and those. Races being so close, so every little bit matters. Well, as you mentioned, in June, you first made your first media appearance. Um, I had not heard your name before. It got a lot of attention. Of course, we work a lot on these issues. We led the effort here in Texas to pass a state law earlier this year that protects women from having to compete against men in collegiate sports. So we come off of our legislative session. Boom, we're in June, and then you start talking out there. Tell us— I don't want to talk about your experience with with uh, that circumstance, but why did you make a decision to to start speaking publicly about this issue?
1: Yeah, so after I graduated, I was very excited to be removed from the situation. Um, it was it was definitely a very challenging thing to go through, and I think a lot of it took an emotional toll on my life and my just state of mind and i think i was excited to graduate and just remove myself from it but in the year where i actually worked in a normal corporate job for a full year in new york city and i couldn't sleep at night thinking about what happened and thinking about how i was violated my rights were violated my teammates rights were violated and thinking about all the young girls that this is going to happen to in the future and i kept seeing more stories a peyton McNabb story of her being permanently injured by being hit. And if you've seen that video of being hit in the the head with a volleyball um, and men can spike a ball so much faster than women can. And just hearing those stories. And I, I really took a lot of it to prayer and a lot of it to reflect self reflection. And it came to, I came to the conclusion eventually that. If I don't want to speak out about this, then I should stop, you know, having the opinions in my own mind. I said, if I can't remove myself from my personal opinions that keep me up at night, um, then, you know, like, why is it worth even having? So eventually it came to the conclusion that I needed to speak about it publicly.
0: Well, looking at years, a lot, uh, a lot of time, right. To have that go through your mind, to relive it, uh, can be very difficult. And, and, and you know, listen, I, I, I don't know what that experience was like you know i've had situations where i feel like i've had people that are you know trying to tell me that i can't speak or that i have to be silent you know when i was in law school i sued my university to protect the free speech rights of a pro life group i was leading on campus there so i know that can be difficult when you feel like there's this pressure to sort of have to hide and, and and to restrict your own voice um tell us what it was like during that time period when you were a teammate of will leah thomas there at the university of pennsylvania
1: yeah at the beginning it was a lot of it was just we no one really knew how to respond and then as this started getting more media attention that's when the university came in and told us we would regret speaking out to the media they told us that leah swimming was a non-negotiable and there was nothing we could do about it and they even referred us to psychological counseling and at this point i was really trying to get through the season and I tried to do what I could. I did a few anonymous interviews. I even actually tried to write an article for the school newspaper mm. that was um, actually pulled without, it was retracted without notice to me or the readers or to anyone. And when I inquired about it, it took me a long time to get a hold of the staff. And they told me that half the staff was threatening to quit over the article being up because they couldn't uphold transphobic beliefs. And if, you know, I've published this article on Twitter, you can go read it. It's the softest article about the subject that could ever be written. There's an entire paragraph at the beginning talking about how we respect Leah's pronouns and gender identity and journey to affirm how they feel, whatever. And it's still, it's too much even if you put that in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it feels like a lot of times it's never enough, right? I mean, try to appease people and that's not, you know, a lot of times what they want. They want to demand that you believe a certain way. It's not good enough for them to live their own life uh, and to have certain beliefs. They also then want to have an impact on you. They want to shut you down. They want you to be quiet. They don't want to have an honest argument or, or discussion about some of these things or a debate. Uh, and that can be, you know, a r- really difficult environment to be in. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, because you see all the attention that he got during that time period you know, like he was some kind of hero, right? ESPN was all over it as if, was there nobody else on the swim team? You know, and, and as Riley talks about it, Riley Gaines, right. He comes out of nowhere, right? People didn't really know who he was or that, you know um, they weren't expecting that. And all of a sudden, you know, he's taking podium spots. Um, So look, I mean, obviously a lot of media attention and to have to deal with that, um, what You know, and I'm not asking you to name names, but I imagine there were other athletes on the team, other female athletes that shared your concern. I mean, what, what was some of that discussion like with some of the other ladies?
1: A lot of different girls had different varying uh, opinions on, you know, the situations. For example, some girls were, oh, it's okay if we have to share a locker room with someone who identifies as female. But I understand athletic capacity. Comp- a competition is unfair. There were some girls that were more concerned about the locker room than the competition aspect. So definitely a wide range of what individual people were comfortable with. But I would say the people I had one-on-one conversations with, to some extent, somebody agreed that some aspect of the situation was unfair. So whether that be having to share a locker room or Um, the competition aspect or just Leah has team records now Um, and girls who you know knew the people who previously held those records feeling that that was unfair that maybe okay it's okay if Leah competes for the season but maybe we shouldn't have Leah on the record board
0: wow and and I thought I read somewhere tell me if this is true that there was a member of the team that was forced uh, a female member of the team that was forced off the team when Leah I guess took her spot
1: No. So, so that might be more, um, in terms of swimming is a limited roster sport. So every single meet that Leah attended, somebody was forced off the bus, meaning they were just left behind. Nobody was kicked off the team over this. They just weren't
0: able to go to the meet and compete. Yeah.
1: So, so for example, the conference championship meet is the Ivy league championship meet. That's like the one in our league. And, um, there's only 17 spots. So Leah goes, that means spot number 17 that would have gone to a rightful female athlete. They're not able to go so and they what are not. Did,
0: what, I mean, and I'm reading from an article where it seemed like before you might have expressed that at least one of these athletes that got left off the bus uh, was pretty upset about it
1: yeah a lot of girls are very upset about it there is um in addition there's relay spots so obviously the top four swimmers in uh that particular event i know very well about relays because i swam so many of them in high school they pick the top four girls and if you're girl number five and you see their biological man taking that spot in the relay you definitely feel upset about it and there were girls who were supposed to be on those relays that would have been in any other year that weren't um simply because leah was on the team
0: so did the NCAA say anything? Did you hear anything from any reps? I mean, what I, you know, it's sort of striking that, you know, they just sort of stood there and watched it all happen and in many ways celebrated. I mean, I mean, did you hear anything from the NCAA or your own um, athletic department at the University of Pennsylvania? How was that handled towards uh, athletes like yourself?
1: The athletic department made it very clear to us that if we spoke to the media, we would regret it. They also made it very clear to us that we had to abide by their rules. Um, they actually had an athletic director uh rep so a liaison to the athletic director would um accompany us to competitions and come watch oversee our practice and prior to this season nobody in the athletic department cared at all about swimming swimming is one of the bottom sports in most college athletic departments and yet it had so much attention they sent a liaison from the athletic department on our training trip to our meets to our practices just to kind of show us that they were there and they were watching us
0: Wow. So when Thomas joined the team, I mean, did did y'all get a chance to talk to the coach or everyone and say, hey, I'm not sure that we're comfortable with this? Was there, I mean, did any of that happen?
1: No, people had individual meetings with our coaches and they said, you know, I hear you, but there's nothing I can do about it. Um, You know, our coaches made it kind of clear that, you know, if we don't allow, if we allow uh, Leah to not be on the team, then they'll just bring in somebody that will. So it was like damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> better, for lack of better expression.
0: What a what a tough circumstance of to being. I mean, it's already very difficult to compete at a collegiate level in any sport. I mean, particularly swimming. You know, very limited spots. To your point, it's not like. You know, there's as much attention on it. You go to a football game, what, there's like 120 kids on the sideline yeah. that some are on the team, some are, you know, waiting to get on the team or whatever, And, and uh but they're there, right? I mean, and, and it's a large group, maybe not all universities, but many of them, their football programs and others. You know, the swimming, probably a little bit tougher in, in, in some um, really precious spots. Well, I'm curious because I feel like you had Bestelzer, Best then Riley, and now you are, what do you, are you hearing, does it seem like, more young ladies are coming forward though now and being comfortable speaking and, and saying some uh, expressing their concerns publicly.
1: Yeah, I've definitely been excited to see a lot of people coming forward. I really hope there's more people from you know the swimming communities, particularly, because I think this issue is the most dramatic. Uh winning an NCAA championship is as dramatic as men being in women's sports can get, in my opinion. Um and So I think this one is a very dramatic one. It's gotten a lot of press. So I think this is kind of one of the issues where we're going to be prompted to make more changes and we can help influence other sports to make those right decisions. Um, But I have seen a lot of people speaking out. I know there's litigation also. There's uh, the case in Connecticut with the track uh, runners and they're in litigation. So I'm definitely very excited. Which has been going on
0: for a while.
1: Yes, it's been going on for a really long time. And I think I've seen other people, you know, join the ranks of litigation as well. I, I
0: wanted to circle back on something and i heard you and then i was like okay i want to mention that again i forgot <laughs> when you were swimming on the team at university of pennsylvania and now leah thomas is a part of that team and there were some concerns somebody from the athletic department said that you could go to counseling psychological counseling services if, if you had a concern is that what you said
1: yeah so in the meeting oh. they specifically said they specifically said so. They brought us a panel of people. So they brought us people from the athletic department, and they brought us someone from the LGBT center. They brought us someone from psychological services, and they said, you know, these are all the resources that are here for you to help make this okay. So they said, Leah, swimming is a non-negotiable, but we're here to help you be comfortable with that. So here are some resources you should use, and one of them is a the psychological services.
0: See, this um, is and to me, this is part of the bigger and- problem too right? Yes. It's outrageous to to say that and suggest that or for them to demand that. But this is what we see the sort of this gaslighting or whatever they're pushing on to young ladies and others. There's something wrong with you. If you're not okay with a man undressing a, next to you in a locker room. They're trying so hard, you know, really to condition young women and to force them to accept this, right? I don't know if you want to call it brainwashing or whatever. But I think it I
1: is, think it was, they're trying to re-educate that, us. Yeah, I, think I mean, it, it's re-educated. just it's outrageous. That's the word I've been using, effort.
0: It's outrageous. Yeah. It's not enough to accept it. If you got a problem with it, we're going to refer you to some services instead of saying, hey, the fact that this man wants to compete in my sport and take away slots and nobody's saying anything about it from the administration, maybe that needs to be dealt with psychologically. But, but you do see this pressure, this push to do that, to really try to convince people that, hey, okay, maybe there is something wrong with me. You're the and problem.
1: And I thought that myself. I actually did go through a four or five day period of reflection after this meeting. And I said, am I the problem? Am I wrong for thinking okay. what I think?
0: No, it's, no, mean, it's a, a very dangerous... It. Uh, approach, but it works a lot of times, right? If it's left unchecked, you know we've checked this in Texas. I think close to 20 states now have a law that says no to this, right? You know, if, if you won't answer to people's pushback, you're going to have to answer the law. As a matter of fact, our law in Texas goes into effect September 1st. If you're a university in the state of Texas, be ready to be getting a letter from us, making it very clear because we're very serious about making sure this law is enforced because of a lot on the line. Okay, Paul, I won't put you on the spot. I'm just going to say that we want to communicate with you later because there might be an opportunity for you to, uh, to to appear at one of our events. We'll look forward to that. Listen, I know it's, you know, you talked about it being a year where you were not, you know, having trouble sleeping and just trying to go through that process. I imagine some of it was probably knowing when I, when I do speak, if I do, boy, I know there's some people are probably going to be really ugly to me. But also knowing that, You know, sometimes uh, doing those kind of things, you know, it can take time for you to sort of sort it all out and and see how you feel about it. Uh, But also when you're wrestling with it, realizing, gosh, if I don't say something about it, this is going to eat me up. That's what it sounded like for you.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad in some ways that I took the time to really take some of the anger away. I think a lot of it was I was angry at a lot of people. And I think there's still certain people that I'm upset with about this but definitely being able to take myself down to a level where I can talk about this comfortably and not you know, portray the message incorrectly. I think that's the biggest thing that I've gained waiting this past year. Do I wish I did it sooner? Of course I do. I really wish I had the courage and strength to do that but in some ways I'm thankful for the opportunity to have taken this year to really reflect.
0: Well, look, and this issue is far from over. I wish it was in a better place. I I mean, in a much better place. I think we're moving in the right direction, but we've got a long way to go still on it too. So your voice is very important. The timing of it uh, makes a lot of sense. And, and I think there's tremendous value, right? You see what happened to Riley Gaines when she's spoken at certain events. And so even though women are speaking out, they're still getting a lot of backlash. But as we see more and more women come forward, more and more female leaders at the congressional level and, and any leaders, right? Male leaders, elected officials saying, hey, this is going to be a major election issue too. And I'm not trying to pull you into some discussion about that, but that's how important it's become, right? People are going to yes. want to know, where's the candidate on this issue? Because out throughout the country, people are talking about it. And one of the things I see is whether you're on the right or left, the majority of people think this is a big deal. And now that we see so many cases of it, we know it's not just sort of a, you know, an, um, an unordinary thing or unusual thing that you can ignore. So listen, I think what you're doing is great. And we want to encourage you to do more. And that's why we had you on the show today. So great conversation. Paula Scanlon has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Paula.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right, Paul is going to exit our Zoom room here, and I've got about six minutes left where I'm going to do some commentary about some other things we're working on. Uh, Speaking of events, we have an event coming up in September. September 15th and 16th is the Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. This is the largest educational policy forum that focuses on faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. We usually have it in the fall. This year is no different. Friday, September 15th. Saturday, September 16th. Get your tickets now. Riley Gaines is going to be there, all right? She's going to talk about what's been going on lately on the Save Women Sports Issue since she helped us pass this state law in Texas. We're going to be about two weeks after the bill has gone in effect, so you're going to want to be there there. Our good friend and pro-life leader, Abby Johnson, she'll be at the policy forum. The bill authors for the Save Women's Sports uh, bill here in Texas, Senate Bill 15. You've got Senator Mays Middleton, Representative Valerie Swanson, they will be there. Texas Supreme Court Justices John Devine and Jimmy Blacklock. Erin Getz, all right, our new friend really over the past year or so, she's leading a lot of the state marches for March for Life. She's going to talk about what she's been doing around the state. What are we doing now for Marches on Life now that Roe versus Wade has overturned? A lot of great conversations we're going to have. And, you know, we might be in the middle of another special session on school choice. We'll see about that. The most recent one wrapped up. Hey, if you see value in our work, go to the website txvalues.org. Make that tax-deductible donation today. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so your donations are tax-deductible to whatever the extent the IRS says is the case. So check that out. You can make a donation In uh, money, okay, you can give a gift online. You could donate your car. We could help sell your car, your boat, some type of RV, some vehicle that you're not really using anymore. You know, maybe you're, you know, winding things down or you're a little bit later in your life. You don't need that extra vehicle anymore. You've had some fun with it. You want to sell it and bless us with that. That'd be great. You know, one of the things we do, we travel around Texas a lot. And most of the time, it's by car, not by plane, right? I'm going to be in Conroe this evening. I'm not going to take a plane, fly to Houston, then drive up. Conroe. I'm just going to get in a vehicle and drive straight there. Maybe you can give us a gas card, right? Seems really simple. A lot of times people's credit cards or their debit cards, they rack up some miles. A lot of times those miles can be uh, redeemed with a gift card, a gas card, 50, 25, a hundred dollars, please. That would be a wonderful donation that brings down our costs because we, I mean, the amount of miles we put on vehicles throughout the year is quite substantial if you think about how big Texas is. So maybe that could be a way that you could donate, okay? Maybe stock, maybe other ways you want to take a look. Go to our website, txvalues.org. Click that button that says Donate, and you'll see a whole lot of different options to consider. Some local things we're involved in. Taylor, Texas, all right? We're waiting to get documents from them, Public Information Act requests that we sent, asking. We want to find out. We want some transparency on what's been happening in, related to their discussions to allow drag queens to be a part of the Christmas parade while making it more difficult for Christians to be a part of the Christmas parade. You can't make this stuff up. That issue is ongoing. The city passed a new ordinance recently, we believe, is very targeted at making it harder for Christians to participate in events there at the city and making it easier for drag queens. Even though Senate Bill 12 is passed, right? We've got a bill that uh, a new law that goes into effect September one that makes it clear that drag queen sexual performance in front of kids, they are illegal. So you're not going to be rolling down Taylor City Hall or whatever the main street is in front of Taylor with drag queens doing sexual performances at the Christmas parade. And if you do, trust me, all right, the state of Texas is going to enforce that law to the fullest extent, and you will be paying a price. Sometimes that's what it takes for people to get the message that we're serious about this in protecting our children. Uh, Last week, all right, A group of LGBT pressure groups filed a lawsuit, right? They want to take down Senate Bill 14, right? If you saw my quote, the obsession by liberal groups to continue to mutilate the bodies of children is out of control. They filed a lawsuit now to stop this law which all the law does is protect kids from these dangerous and oftentimes irreversible surgeries and procedures. It's the wild, wild west, okay? This is junk science that they're using to perform these procedures on little kids when it's not necessary. They have healthy body parts, and they're cutting them up for... A temporary stage that many of them end because either the parents are pressuring them to it or they made a comment to someone or they had some feeling about whether or not they were a boy or a girl. The solution is not to remove body parts of kids in order for them to feel better. It is without a fact. The one proven way to help kids through these circumstances is psychological counseling. All right. The testimony has been stated very clear on that. We recommend that uh, Senate bill 14 though has been, A lawsuit's been filed. I predict it's a frivolous lawsuit. It's going nowhere. Now, it might play out a little bit in the courts, but Texas Value is going to be front and center in defending our laws, Senate Bill 14 and others. Just some of the many reasons why you should consider supporting us, you can make that donation at txvalues.org and see the different work that we're doing. Over the summer, we got a couple of new events that are going to be announced pretty soon between now and September, but that big event, you better get your ticket now, okay? Because we sell hundreds of them in really some of the good seats, some of the VIP packages. You want to meet Riley? You better get your ticket now. TXValues.org, that's September 15th and 16th, the Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum, largest event of its type in the state of Texas, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a great time. More information on our website, txvalues.org. And that's how together we'll protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.